Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Oh God, we are so thankful for your presence with us this day. We're thankful that your spirit moves among us. We pray now for a fresh outpouring of that spirit as we listen carefully for your voice. We've gathered after a long and difficult week to worship, to be near you, to hear from you. Help us to do that now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our New Testament lesson is from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's hear the Word of God. In the first book, Theophilus, now I went to school for about 28 years to be able to say Theophilus, right. Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day that he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, Jesus presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight while he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven. Suddenly, two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven." This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. This is Ascension Sunday in the church. You heard Laurie talk about that. Around the world, Christian preachers will will read this passage, and they'll focus on the mystical part or the, the practical part or the Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth part. I've heard this passage, I think, for 41 years, every year for 41 years, and I'm afraid 
Now when I hear it, I just kind of smile and nod and, and just gloss over whatever it is that Luke is trying to say to us. I really want to hear it afresh today. I hope you do too. Can we hear this passage afresh today? Would that be okay to listen with fresh ears? Jesus and the eleven stand on the Mount of Olives one last time. Jesus says to them, but you will receive power, this is verse 6, power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus rises, a word of blessing, a cloud of promise, away he goes to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Merle Haggard is playing at the Mount of Olives Bar and Grill. He's singing in the background, silver wings shining in the sunlight. You know this song? Roaring engines headed somewhere tonight. Carry me away, leaving me lonely. Silver wings slowly fading out of sight. You know that song, don't you? He was there, yeah. He was singing with me. Jim was singing with me over here. Well, that's what happened. Not really that part didn't, but it could have. The apostles stand there gazing into heaven, gazing into heaven. So often the church finds itself gazing into heaven, standing very still, hoping that we can somehow take hold of Jesus' feet and snatch him back down here with us. This is the tension we find, verse 6, verses 5 and 6, after 40 days of Jesus' opening the Scriptures, teaching the disciples, they still wonder, they still wonder like we do. Jesus, how is this thing going to work with you up there and us down here? How's it going to work? Then verse 6 again, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Can you hear the fear behind their question Fear that he really is about to leave them alone. Wheels are turning. They are remembering and thinking through the whole thing. Okay, Jesus, you did three years worth of miracles. You preached, you taught, you healed, you cast out demons, you set people free, you forgave, you ate with sinners and tax collectors. Okay, we get it. We're supposed to do all of that too. But then, then our own people, our own people arrested you beat you, crucified you, put you in a tomb, broke our heart. We nearly died too. God raised you from the dead. Now you've been with us 40 days, teaching, discipling, showing your scars and breaking bread with us. Surely, Lord, surely now is the time. Surely this is the place. Surely there has been enough suffering. Surely this is it. Surely this is it. Jesus says, no, no, people, I'm sorry. No, it is not for you to know. It is not for you to know the times or periods the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power. You will receive power. Jesus breaks the news to them again. The shape of God's kingdom is not what we expected, not at all. Jesus did not come to raise up a righteous army to overthrow and avenge all the wrongs done to his people. No, Jesus did not come to put us in places of power and wealth and comfort so that we could sit and sing Kumbaya until the last trumpet sounds and we ride the first bus out of here. No, that's not what this is about. That is not the kingdom Jesus launched, though it is sometimes the one that we might prefer. 
Jesus brings God's kingdom. The, the Jesus way of being, which brings the possibility of wholeness and life to all people, all people. That cannot happen when one overthrows another, when the oppressed becomes the oppressor, when revenge and death and being right all the time are the driving forces behind what we do. That can't happen when God's people gaze into the air, silently waiting for Jesus to come back. No. The shape of the Jesus way differs from anything we have ever seen. It looks like forgiveness instead of revenge, reconciliation instead of hate, mercy instead of judgment, grace when we don't know what to do. It looks like bearing with instead of bailing out. It looks like love that expects nothing in return, clothes for the naked, food for the hungry, healing for the sick, compassion for the sinner, freedom for the addicted, sight for the blind, and a humility that puts us all on our faces at the foot of the cross of Christ. That is the kingdom of God, from which and into which Jesus ascended. Even now, the Jesus way bubbles up in your hearts. It becomes real as the Holy Spirit drives us with power to be witnesses to the Jesus way, to share this gospel right here in Murfreesboro, in Tennessee, in America, in Guatemala, and even to the ends of the earth. This is our charge as Christ followers. In the Greek, is so powerful. You will be my witnesses in every place between here and the ends of the earth, and the Holy Spirit will fill you with power and will drive you out to the ends of the earth for the sake of this work. Still, we often gaze into heaven trying to remember what is happening. It is so very hard to remember what God is doing in the face of the last two weeks, isn't it? So very hard. Ten people dead getting groceries. A shooting in a church, not unlike this one. A new graduate of our own Riverdale High School shot to death in a gunfight. A fifth grader dead on the way home from school. Nineteen little children, three adults, shot to death at Robb Elementary. What are we to think? What are we to say? What are we to do? Well, we pray, but what to pray? Go to Romans 8, 26. You're probably already there. The Holy Spirit groans for us with sighs that are too deep for words. That's where I am. That's all I have to offer right now. And God knows. God knows that's all I've got. What to think? What to think? We know God is with us. We know God weeps with us. And all these people, just like Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus, God's heart is broken. We know that. We know God did not desire any of this evil or tragedy. We know it is not God's plan. It is all a consequence of human brokenness, the very thing from which Jesus is actively saving the world. But my goodness, it's taken a long time, Jesus. Too long, too long, Jesus. What to say, what to say. 
Oh, Jesus, perhaps you went too quickly away on your cloud. We've got dead who need raised, sick need healed, broken need restored, sins need forgiven, reconciliation needs redoing. (laughs) Jesus whispers to us from the Gospels. We hear it again. You will do even greater things. You will do even greater things than these. Where do we start, Jesus? Help us to do these greater things. Where do we start? Too often, we start and finish at the same place. God, do something about this mess. Do something. We get angry, indignant. That's okay. God can handle that. Sometimes, though, in our anger and indignance, we fail to hear God's response to our shouting. It comes in the voice of a weary parent, desperate for his children to listen. We hear God say, I am trying to do something, but my beloved children, the agents through which I work, are too busy fighting with each other to understand how desperately the world needs their love, their presence, their hands and feet, their hearts. What am I doing (laughs) right now? I am waiting on my people to become aware of the tragic cost of their distraction. That's what God is doing. Church, our world is a complicated mess. We all know that. It's full of selfishness, sin, tragedy. I fear we, the church, not just our church, but the whole church, we have participated for too long in building a society which is devouring its children exhausting its parents, blaming its educators, breaking the backs of its elderly, and trying to monetize for profit every aspect of human life. We get tangled up with everybody else in the stupid fights that keep us at each other's throats so that we won't even notice the evil, the real evil, sinking deeper into the fabric of our society. It is not gay rights not women's rights, not guns' rights. It is not the dreaded culture wars and rock and roll music's great-grandchildren. It's not any of that. It is just plain old selfishness. That's what it is. That little voice that whispers, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? That's the real evil. The old devil doesn't even have to work very hard. Just whisper that at every turn. And we, even God's people, we eventually lose our minds, our hearts, our true identity as God's beloved children. Pretty soon, people all around us are suffering. And we don't even notice. We can't even care. Every human being in this world ought to be so loved and so known by the people of God, that when so much as a tear falls from their eye, we are there to catch it in the name of Jesus with grace, hope, and encouragement toward a better way of living. I fear we're not doing that. We're too busy fighting or working or climbing or dealing with self-inflicted apathy caused by inattention to our spiritual lives. This stuff that we're watching and seeing and trying to process is so massively complicated. I understand the desire to just throw up our hands in despair and take shots at each other on Facebook so we can feel like we're doing something. 
But that's not who we are. That's not who we are. Jesus, the one who ascended, the one who sends power in the Spirit, the one who is coming back, Jesus commands us with his life and his words to be present in this world, to be present, especially in the places of deepest pain, sin, and struggle. We are supposed to be loving the hell out of the world in the name and power of Jesus. You can do that. I have seen you do it over and over again. You have done it with me. You have done it with each other. You can do that. You know how. You walk around, you, all of us, we walk around with the deepest solution to the problem of human brokenness and suffering in our hearts and hands every day. Do not say, do not say that you don't know what to do because you do. I don't pretend to know how we clean up the mess. I don't know what to put back in its place, how to legislate a way of life that notices, cares for, and actually does something meaningful about all the hurting people around us who hurt other people. But I do know this. If you and I will live the Jesus way, God will be at work and we will start getting somewhere. So I would say, would you, would you just be truly present in all the places where you are from day to day? Not on your phone, not distracted, not apathetic. Would you just notice people, smile at them, talk to them, genuinely care for them? Would you just love the hell out of somebody today? Be vulnerable and let them love the hell out of you too. We all need it. Do it in the name and power of Jesus and realize the old devil will then have to remember that he's already defeated when you are on the move in the Jesus way. This I know. God will again raise life out of all of this death and the Jesus way will spread. That's what Jesus had said. That's what he said. Though it is very hard to see that it's working right now, I am choosing to put my faith and hope in what he said. We grieve all of this brokenness. We do, but we do not grieve as those with no hope. Jesus promised power in the midst of our despair. Receive that power right now so that you can live our hope in Jesus. Healing hangs here in this sending moment. You are the sent people of God who know something that will make a difference. Go do it. Go do it. Go do it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.